0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. The manger scene is much more than just decoration. The manger scene teaches us the truth about who we are and what God wants us to be. Now, of all the virtues exemplified by the figures in the stable, the virtue of humility is the most obvious and the most necessary. In the past we've reflected on the humility of mary and joseph but which lessons in this virtue can the other characters of bethlehem teach us how can the the nativity scene teach us the simple joy of being better people well in the manger there's a first group of figures that consists of those below man and those above man the animals And the angels. Now, the animals, the ox and the donkey, they reveal humility's most fundamental form, the humility of the creature toward God the Creator. The inventor of the first manger scene, St. Francis of Assisi, he included the ox and the donkey in the crush because they were mentioned in the prophet Isaiah already in the first chapter. When Isaiah wrote, An ox knows its owner, and an ass its master's manger, but Israel does not know, my people has not understood. So here Isaiah is contrasting animals with man. Even the beasts have the humility to acknowledge their divine master, so why can't man acknowledge the Lord? These animals in the stable remind us of our created status. Our first parents, Adam and Eve, sinned by rejecting their very state of being a creature. Adam and Eve disobeyed because they refused to accept what God made them to be. But they wanted to be something other than what he had given them. They wanted to be actually like God's. They pushed back against their created status. Well, like our first parents, sadly, our modern society today also wants to be like gods. We see this vice in today's transgender ideology, for example. It's the rejection of the created limits of male and female. But we could also say that every sin is truly putting the creature over the Creator, turning things upside down. Every sin pushes against the limits of our nature as God created it. The ox and the ass—they have the humility to know their status in creation. They are creatures. They are not the Creator, and that, at least, they are wiser than we are today. And the angels reveal something different. The angels show us humility in being passed over. The humility of the animals reminds us of our status as creatures. And the humility of the angels reminds us of our promotion. Our promotion at the incarnation. God became man. He did not become an angel Now in the order of nature, angels are superior to us. They are more intelligent. They are more powerful. But in the order of grace, man has been raised above the angels. Think about that. By becoming man, God gave our human nature a dignity, a value surpassing even that of the angels. The angels now worship the man, God. Jesus Christ, true God and true man. The modesty of God calls the angels to exercise a similar humility. The angels are asked to rejoice in being passed over for us who are so far below them. And actually, some of the followers of the church speculate that in the beginning, the test that Lucifer was put to was whether he would actually bow down and adore God made man. And of course, he refused. The fallen angels resent God's humility precisely because it requires humility from them as well. Well, The good angels, like those who appear to the shepherds, the good angels rejoice in God's humility. And those angels, in effect, share in his humility by rejoicing in our promotion above them. Then there's another group of Bethlehem. We see the shepherds and the magi. Two groups, the poor, uneducated, simple shepherds, and the wealthy, learned, sophisticated magi. Two groups that would otherwise not be associated with one another, were it not for the Christ child. So both humbly approach the crib, but in different ways. The shepherds show us the humility of being empty-handed. We typically associate pride with vanity or boasting of what one has. But actually, pride is more than that. Pride is simply excessive self-focus. And that self-focus can take the form of immoderate concern and disproportionate attention to what we are lacking. Thus, pride can produce despair. Despair over one's inadequacy. Despair over the fact that we don't feel good enough. Such that, you know, someone focuses so much on their insufficiency that that person cannot see God's generosity and love. Well, the shepherds, the humble shepherds, they are at peace with their poverty. They show us the humility of the poor in spirit, of those who have nothing to bring. Those shepherds living on the outskirts of society, in the fields with the sheep, they have no wealth, no no accomplishments, no learning to offer. But their destitution does not disturb them. The shepherds are at ease with having nothing to give the Lord, nothing except for their attention, their affection, and their adoration. They are at peace with coming before him Empty handed. And of course, we all come to Christ empty handed. We have nothing properly ours to offer Him. We have no accomplishments, no achievements that we can claim as our own. But that does not mean that we should turn inward and despair of our nothingness. No. But rather, we should learn from the shepherds that there is a humble joy in having nothing but ourselves. To bring to the Christ child. That is really what he desires our whole mind, our whole heart. And if we give that to him, he will indeed be very pleased. The Magi, on the other hand, they show us the humility of the accomplished. If the shepherds show the humility that keeps us from despair, well, the Magi show the humility that keeps us from boasting. The Magi are the learned, and therefore the wealthy and the powerful, and their learning brings them to the crib, and in that way, it is good. But to realize its purpose, our learning must yield to the Lord, and in that sense, be sacrificed. So the Magi must humble themselves, set aside their wealth, their power, their privilege, to get down upon their knees to worship the child. And the Magi are anticipating the lesson the Pharisees must learn that the Lord of Israel is not so much achieved as received. Even our greatest talents and efforts are not ours, but they are gifts gifts which the Lord gives to us in order to dispose us to receive Him Himself. Our talents and gifts and achievements. All of these must remain in their proper place and not become a cause for vanity. All things must yield to the divine authority of the Christ child. He is the first one who has given us all of these things to begin with. So dear friends, this Christmas season, keep your eyes focused on the stable of Bethlehem and look at the stable in a new way. Thus, you will be safeguarded from those self-important illusions and vain mirages with which we often delude ourselves. When you find it hard to accept your personal limitations, think of the ox and the ass in the stable. And be glad that your weakness helps you to focus more on the Christ child rather than upon yourself or upon anything else. When you see that someone else is liked more than you, remember the angels and rejoice that, like the angels, you were passed over for reason of a higher good. When pride wants to discourage you into giving up, when you feel like despairing of ever reaching the expectations you have set for yourself, well, then look to the shepherds. Look to the shepherds and come here to the altar. What you give yourself to Christ with loving simplicity, simply as you are. And when your talents and achievements are noticed, well, think of the Magi kings. And with gratitude, give glory to God who has generously given you everything. Give thanks to God without whom you are indeed nothing. So dear friends, once again, let's go to the manger scene. Let's look long and hard at the lessons of this most beautiful story. The most beautiful story too profound to be written by any human author. And then we will understand our proper place in this life here on earth. So that by the grace of the Christ child, we can accept God's plan for us in our lives. And that one day we may be made worthy to see him face to face in heaven for all eternity. Amen.